Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And welcome to the show that uh, I don't really know what to say. Like, this show is like a Friday the 13th theme going on. But anyway. Uh, Freestyle Friday. Huh, Freestyle Friday. Hey. Uh, this is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I am one half of the dynamic duo, A1. You can call me Carlos or you can call me Dan. You can listen to this episode and most other episodes of this show on iTunes. Uh, just go to iTunes and search the black and white thing or go to your favorite Android podcast app and search for It's a Black and White Thing. you find it there. All previous episodes, all 24 previous episodes of It's a Black and White Thing can be found at SoundCloud.com backslash Brains and Bars. You can go to Twitter and follow us on Twitter at SoundCloud.com backslash Brains and Bars. Um, also facebook.com go to facebook searches i shouldn't say facebook.com but just go to facebook search for us there search at brains and bars and you can find the it's in black and white thing logo um shout out to matthew nance who made the logo i don't i don't think we've had a show since then salute but shout out to him who've made a dope banner for us uh, we appreciate that as always uh we are in the mmp studios um and also Finally, I'm a part of a radio show that happens every Wednesday and Saturday evening, 645 to 715, called The Sports Disciples. And tomorrow, on tomorrow's episode, we're going to open up the phone lines for the first time. So if you want to call into the show and holler at us and talk and we talk some sports with us, we greatly appreciate that. So, um, as always, though, I'm joined by my Cody, my homie, my ace. What's good, 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 y'all? A Ward in the building. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all for listening. Um, getting some great feedback over the last few weeks on some of the episodes. So it's exciting. Um, you can holler at me at IamAWar.com. Find all my social media hyperlinks there. You can also find me um, on Award.Bandcamp.com. But, yeah, neither here nor there. It's good to be back, and it's good to get the ball rolling. Friday night in the MMP studios. I feel like it's like um, – I don't know. I feel like this. Maybe there's something different about Friday night uh, being here. Yeah, it's definitely weird. Uh, just being here, stuff got thrown off. Like the start of the show was a little interesting, but we here. Yeah, you know, we back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still MMP Studios. You know, I'm blaming under, it on Wine County. Wait, wait, it's, it's still MMP for now. It's still MMP for now. Still under the Clear Ear umbrella. Okay, you know what I'm saying Clear Ear Media. Uh, go ahead, check out ClearEarMedia.com. For all your audio and visual needs, um, that's that is uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, that is my new website promoter. If you need a DJ, if you need uh, a, a MC, if you need uh, to record a podcast, whatever you need, we got you uh, here at Clear Ear Media. So I'll take that second to plug that. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Shout out to the homie Marcus, uh, who's actually. Um, Right now, he's got his earphones in, and he's shaking his head, and he's wondering why Trent was talking already. <laughs> so shout out to you, Marcus, because I know that, that you've already probably posted something about why is Trent talking already. Um, so we appreciate you listening. Um, shout out to uh, AmpedRecords.net, where you can also check out. Did you already say that? No, I did not. Okay, AmpedRecords.net, where you can also check out the podcast and Amp Entertainment for uh, riding with us and rocking with us throughout this process and uh shout out to my co-host man how you been bro i'm tired man this week has been a beast for real like, yeah so you know we'd only do itineraries for the show just so we can 
have some idea of what we're going to talk about. But, uh, yeah, that didn't happen because work, like, I mean, I, as you can see, like, I don't post in, uh, this week. I haven't posted in a group a whole lot. Um, you know, I had people get sick on me at work. People had a knees mess up on me at work. So, like, I've been grinding, and I'm super tired. I'm super, super tired. So, I mean, only, and I'm going to be honest. The only reason we're doing this show is because the Super Bowl is Sunday. Yep. If, like, nothing else was happening this week, like, we ought to be like, hey, we just yeah. tried again. We just tried again. We had food day at work today, and they catered in uh, Oklahoma Joe's brisket. Still never had it. And I, I literally ate up until, like, 445. Like, from, like, 11 o'clock when it got there, I just kept going back. And so that's why I'm tired. I'm just extremely just full. full. And just, like, <laughs> <laughs> and right after this, I'm going home and crashing. Now, I mean going to sleep, since most of y'all know me for actually wrecking vehicles. Wrecking, yeah. yeah. Wrecking <laughs> Ralph over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean actually going to sleep. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. So, um, but like you said, shout out to the listeners. We appreciate y'all rocking with us Um, for the follows and the likes. We appreciate it. Um, also, if you go to iTunes, though, if you would uh, rate and review, give us good rating and, uh, ratings and reviews, please, um, and share with a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend. It's them again. So uh, let's get into the show. Um, so it, this is a freestyle episode because, again, I have not had a time to type up an itinerary. I have a list of things that I want to talk about in my head, and we'll see how coherent, how how well I'll be able to remember these things and bring them up. Um, but... First thing we do with, with as you listen to the show, we talk about what we've learned or what I've learned. And so I learned a couple of things this week. Um, one of the things I learned actually went down a couple of hours ago. There was an ESPN report uh, that came out that Sean Payton, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, was going to install a jammer in his locker room to block signals, cell phone signals uh, for his players. The reason this was a response to Antonio Brown going on Facebook Live during the division round uh, games after they defeated the Kansas City Chiefs for 18 minutes is a very embarrassing thing. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can pull up the story here. But basically, in order to keep his players off of social media, uh, Sean Payton is going to install, like I said, a device that jams a cell phone signal so that players cannot get on their phones. When asked, was this was this an NFL thing? He said, no, this is a Sean Payton thing. And first of all, Sean Payton, are you nuts? Have you lost your mind? Like, if I was a player, if I was a New Orleans Saint, if I'm Drew Brees, if I'm, wow, it's kind of hard to name a Saint outside of Drew Brees. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Colston. Uh, Brent, he retired. First of all, he retired. Uh, what was my dude, <laughs> Joe, Joe Horn? Nah, 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 he's not there. Uh, Joe Horn would really be mad because you know Joe Horn was the one who pulled the cell phone out of the goalpost at the score. Oh, touchdown. Mark Ingram, the, the last, the Mark last Ingram. time Reggie Bush was good. Nope, Mark Ingram is a New Orleans Saint. Like, wow, like I told, like this is how tired I am. Like, I can't name. I was killing it on Jeopardy just like five minutes ago. We were watching Jeopardy before the show started, killing it on Jeopardy, and now we're here. And I'm like, I can't name a Saint after Drew Brees. But either, either be that as it may, he is the most tenured Saint, Archie, and as the leader of the team, Archie Manning. <laughs> As the leader of the team, I would go to Sean Payton and ask him, has he lost his ever-loving mind? Like, no, you're not going to jam my signal because you're afraid that we might get on social media. You know what you do, Sean? You say, hey, if I catch any of you guys or hear about any of you guys during a post-game speech on Facebook Live, you can expect a hefty fine. And if you are low enough on the totem pole, I'm going to cut you off the team completely, which is stupid 
but you have to exert that kind of power in an NFL locker room. Mm. But I mean, you know, I, I just don't. And and if you listen to this, you go and hold on. So the other part of this is that he said, you know, we'll allow those guys to play music and stuff like that. So you know, we just don't want you on social media. He tried to. He kind of went uh, millennial a little bit without saying millennial. He said this is something that the workplace is having uh, a hard time dealing with. How often are these people on their jobs in corporate America on social media? 35 to 40% of the time. I don't know if that's true. I think that's just an arbitrary number. Well, me, 85% of the oh time. <laughs> but oh, I, uh, I hope your employers do not listen to this podcast. Uh, even if they do, I mean, it's their own fault for not having enough work for me to do. <laughs> Again, I hope your employers are not listening to this podcast. When, when I was in corporate America, I was always I just always had my headphones on. So I technically was I guess you can say you always on my phone because and there was some let's say some of my higher up brethren and sisterin Caucasian people uh who were a little upset <laughs> because I I had my headphones in all day, but I worked by myself really. I was in a test lab testing, you know, blowing uh things up for UL standards. And so I had my headphones in, but because they didn't do that, they didn't hmm. like it. So I don't know. Well, uh, Sean Payton, he just doesn't want everyone to know about the bounties that he's putting on people's heads. <laughs> that was He'll say that he had nothing to do with that, that that was a Greg Williams thing. And not <laughs> oh, him. yeah, that's right, Greg Williams. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I just I just, I don't understand. And, and for people who goes, and I guess for me, I think this thing that Sean needs to understand is that if you're going to allow them to play music, you know where most guys keep music nowadays, Sean? On their phone. Um, so if you jam the signal, and yes, I hear you people who are listening going, well, they can just download it to their phone. or But no, that defeats the purpose of the cloud. Like, I have the cloud because I want all my, I don't want my music taking up space on my phone. So no, I mean, it. that was just wild to me that I'm surprised. Well, it was three hours ago the story came out. So at some point I expect to hear the union, uh, NFL Players Union, come out and say, uh, Sean, no, you can't do that. So that's one of the things I learned this week. Uh, secondly, second thing I learned this week is that stick to sports is officially, if it's not dead, it's getting close to dying uh, a slow and painful death. So stick to sports. Normally you have um, columnists or players every so often. You think Colin Kaepernick. You think um, other, you know, again, Dan Lebatar comes to mind, Bomani Jones comes to mind, who will step out this show comes to mind where we'll step out and talk about social issues. We're going to talk about social issues a little bit at the end of the show. Um, and they foray outside of the world of sports. And normally the refrain is, you know, stick to sports. Like I don't, I tune into sports. I tune into to your show or the sports to get away from the real world and the issues of the real world. Um, and, and so you should stick to sports. Well, part of the reason I say that this is dying a slow death is Russell Wilson. Um, was getting his hair cut by a white guy. So diversity, shout out to Russell Wilson, who probably brushes his hair backwards, though, uh, which would explain a lot about a white guy <laughs> brushing his, uh, cutting his hair. Um, but uh, he was getting his hair cut, I think, backstage of, it was either Jimmy Kimmel or, um, I forget the other, late, late night show with Colbert, one of those guys, right? Getting his hair cut, and he was on Facebook Live. And someone asked him a question about Donald Trump and what he thought, our new president. And he says, which he says, I'm, I don't think I'm, he's going to make it all four years. 
Um, and he goes, come back, Barack, come back, Barack. But he just thought that, you know, he disagreed with the immigration ban or the, the travel ban. I'm not going to get into the, the, the specifics of that. But when I saw the story, I went, oh, my. Wait, is this did, did somebody snatch Russell Wilson? This is safe Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson who dares not ever say anything worth any controversy, who is dabbling his foot into the controversial waters of saying, Come back, Barack. I don't think Trump's going to make it. So if you and, and for him, that is revolutionary. Like this is him going John Carlos and Tommy Smith in the 68 Olympics and raising a black glove power fist in the air. And granted, what he said was, I mean, really benign. It wasn't that deep. But the fact that Russell Wilson is out here not sticking to sports when he is the most stick to sports guy there is like it might be coming to an end, guys. So. Good luck with that. I mean, hopefully we can stick to sports. And, look, I don't necessarily always care to have um, sports and politics or sports and social issues colliding all the time. But when they do, I'm not afraid to talk about them. Mm. So we'll see what happens, guys. I mean, again, I'm not saying it's dead, but it's on his deathbed if Russell Wilson is talking about these things. All right. And last thing. That do you think with. when Russell Wilson has kids that he will chastise them with a belt or he'll just give them an intentional grounding. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> Two points a war. Two points a war. Goodness. That's all I wanted to say. So I think that with Russell being one, he'll he'll probably be one of those new age parents, and who probably will go for the intentional grounding, and then Sierra will go, nope, it uh, you weren't outside the pocket. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> But uh, no, <laughs> but shout out to them though they are having a baby. Yeah. Um. I'll no. So speaking of that, I will be interested to see what they name this child. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. But you know, Sierra and Future had a son, and his name is Future, Little Future. So that's his actual name. So I'll be interested to see what happens uh, with the naming of their future child. But good luck to those guys. But anyway, last thing we learned for this week is uh, the homie A War. You know, um, he is in the world of battle rap. He does his thing. He's all right, you know, yeah, he's cool. But, um, you know, he came out with an announcement this week that he is joining something called YTG or the Yellow Tape Gang. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, YTG is a um, battle rap group, click, gang, whatever you call it. They've been together for about six years, actually. They're a very, very behind-the-scenes battle rap group, which I like and appreciate a lot. They're not your dot mob, um, like from your Mook and Rex and K Shine at one time, or your NWX or your Writers Block. Um, they're more kind of a just you know a, a group of talented people who appreciate each other, like a, a genuine you know, and they cover just a lot of different facets of battle rap and hip hop. Um, they reached out to me a couple months ago in regards to joining, and I gave it a month, a little over a month, and thought about it. You know, sought out some people, thought. Of, Got different pros and cons for it, and we made the announcement uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about um, just the different avenues it presents and just building with, you know, like-minded artists and continuing to get better. So that was dope. So shout out. So who are the members of the Yellow Tape Gang? So Yellow Tape Gang consists of Mickey Fax, who is primarily a hip-hop artist, um, but has a couple battles under his belt um, just from dabbling in battle rap. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, battle Danger Zone, 
and I think he has one other battle. Um, might be Big T. I'm not sure, but I, um, and then you have uh, Born, which formerly known as Newborn. He's been a battle rapper since before the grind time days, probably at least a decade in um, from New York, and uh, most recently battled Craig Lamar. He battled Bricks and. Um, has some upcoming battle. He has an upcoming battle with uh, QP Quantum Physics um, happening this year. Then you have Hunter Bullets, who's a king of the dot battler. He's from Canada, lives in Canada. Um, and then you have Mike P, who is a URL battler, one of the up and coming battlers on URL that's been making a lot of waves lately. Uh, last three battles over three hundred thousand views, and just battled Daylight. Just battled. Um, Av, who is another one that's become really big in URL. I need to watch that battle. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have Bonnie Godiva, who is one of the top-tier female battle rappers as well. Um, and she kind of travels all over the world battling. She doesn't really have a pledged allegiance to any league, but she battles on King of the Dot. She just got back from Australia um, battling over there. And then the next week battled in California on um, Dirtbag Dan's Battle League. So she does a whole lot. And... Um, and yeah, you know that's that's kind of the group of artists, and they got a couple you people. Said, you said Bonnie Godiva. Uh, yeah, Bonnie Godiva. Yeah, oh, I've never, I, I have, to, I've never heard of her. I'm yeah, yeah, you know, I, yeah, she should check her out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but no, they're just a lot of talented, a lot of talented artists. Um, and I've been in a group with them, you know, like a little uh, Facebook Messenger chat group for the last couple of weeks, and supremely down to earth hilarious cool you know um you guys are all in groups with me right and you know how like i'm the most off topic like everybody be talking about one thing and then i just post about something else or i just always post some some stuff that you just look at and just pretend like you didn't read it you know just it's like all right that well that's a ward you know so exactly so they inherited that personality and uh, you know haven't kicked me out yet so you know i can appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah. Shout out to uh, to YTG Yellow Tape Gang. Definitely, um, I like Mike P. I've only wa only though I've watched one battle of his. It was the Street Fighter him, one. No, him versus Tink the Demon. Like I watched that one. Oh okay, yeah, that's um, the Street Fighter one. Oh, you Tink can You know, like, did you ever see that whole scheme that he did? I think I, I think yeah, because I watched yeah. that entire battle. I just can't. It's been a, it's been a while yeah. since I watched it. Yeah. Um. I, I mean. My Twitter, my Twitter feed um, is very diverse. So uh, there's a guy, a guy from Tink is from Delaware. So there's a guy, uh, Nerd the Cool Tables, got a, has a, like a culture website. He posted that battle, and so that was my introduction to Mike P. And I might have started to watch one other battle of his, but I just never made it through it. So mm -hmm. I do like him. I think he is a, a, a dope battler, and I do need to get into more of his his stuff. Um, obviously, I've heard of Mickey Facts. Um, most recently, doing a joint with Christian Gray. Oh really? Uh, for his new album, I didn't know that, that came out. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, need to check out Bunny Godiva. Uh, never, never heard of her. I've Hundred Bullets. Was he the one with the Eminem joint? Yes, yes. Right. So that's that's doing on Facebook. Okay, so yeah. I saw his government name. Yeah, Matthew Carson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I need to check him out. And then I've heard new heard the name Newborn. Mm -hmm. I never checked him out, so I need to do that. So, um, I'll definitely get on that. You know, with you being in battle rap is something that I'm. Getting in more and more. Definitely supporting the local league. Shout out to the Connects. 
Yeah. Um, shout out to Ice Cold. Yeah. You know, with the GZ look. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, so shout out to him. Dude is dope. I think his battle's coming out here in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. If not tonight, they thought about maybe releasing it a little early um, just because of his, you know, big announcement from yesterday. But if not, then it comes out next Friday. Yep. Yep. So shout out to him, man. Like a dude that I'm a fan of. Dude is really dope. So, yeah, man. So with, with battle rap, like I said, with you getting into battle rap and, and performing, like it's something that I've um kind of i'm a novice at i'm i'm here and there i'm not too heavy into it but yeah yeah shout out to the to yellow tape appreciate man. it man yes sir well so, I, I uh i just wanted to touch on one thing i i actually learned this week and that's in women's basketball college you don't get home cooking like you do in men's basketball okay and i'll say that because i'll say this Tennessee played Mississippi State this past week, and I don't know if you saw the highlights. I didn't. I didn't. I, I haven't done – if it hadn't been work or school, I haven't really done But anything. Tennessee, obviously prestigious, traditionally top three women's college basketball teams of all time. I'd say programs. top two. I yeah. mean, it's UConn, two. it's UConn, Tennessee, and yeah. then you can pick whoever else. Yeah. Um, is not in the top 25 right now, which is Yikes. fairly shocking. Um. Played at Mississippi State, number four undefeated team, and uh, was tied seventy four to seventy four. And uh, our point guard started to dribble the ball towards the basket and tripped over her own feet and traveled. And they called a blocking foul on Mississippi State with two seconds to go. We knocked down both free throws and won the game. <laughs> and I literally was like in shock at the fact that they were playing on Mississippi State's court. And I thought, man, this could you imagine this being at Fog Allen Fieldhouse in men's basketball? Like Man. Yeah. Two that it just showed me that that there's just two opposite ends of a spectrum and how serious, you know, things are taken on the men's basketball side and on the women's basketball side. But it was wild. Wow. Hey, that's crazy. That's crazy. That, wow. I would be heated. Oh man. I would be heated. Wow. She tripped over her own feet. I mean, yeah, the girl was running beside her, but, I mean, to call a blocking foul on that, oh, it was so bad. I felt for him, but, hey, we came out on the, the winning side, so it was like, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, Another thing I learned this week, man, I'm just interrupting you all. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Butch Jones needs to shut his mouth, <laughs> okay? What did he do? Now, we already know about the life champions, right? Right, champions of life. Okay, so you obviously haven't heard of the new. No. Okay, so – Last year, you know, Tennessee didn't make the SEC championship. They interviewed Butch Jones and asked him, was it a disappointment? And he said, our guys are out here winning life championships. You know, that's what we're concerned about, you know. And so, obviously, the media and everybody just horse laughed him off the set. You know, we got retweets. We got memes of life champions of Tennessee players holding up life cereal boxes and different things. Well, recruiting, National Signing Day, one of our favorite holidays you know, of the year. Yep, yep. Um, was on February 1st. And Tennessee started out, I think, ninth. Um, ninth at the beginning of the day where we were projected to land top 10. And I think we dropped maybe to 14th or 15th. And, really? Uh, yeah. Which uh, is that ESPN? Uh, well, ESPN Rival Scout 247, they, they had us as high as 14 and as low as 17. Um, which ESPN, we have the number one player in the nation. Their number one overall player, we got him. That's the offensive tackle. Offensive tackle. All right. So they interviewed Butch Jones about, you know, the fact that we only brought in one five-star recruit. 
And Butch Jones says with a straight face, we're out here recruiting five-star hearts. <laughs> Bro. He's been watching too much Friday Night Lights. Bro. <laughs> He's been watching too Next, next thing you know, y'all going to be in the they, – they going to get video from the locker room talking about clear eyes, full hearts, <laughs> can't lose. Like, we yo, said, we are out here recruiting five-star hearts. Nah, man, chill out. When I seen that come across my Twitter, I almost unfollowed everything that had to do with anything Tennessee and thought, who in the world, what is this guy doing? Wow. And wow. I learned crazy. this week that Bush Jones just needs to shut up and coach. Wow. That's funny. And in the SEC, like, that's those two things are going to be brought up for the rest of Can you imagine Nick history. Saban saying, we're recruiting five-star hearts. So, speaking of Nick Saban, so I think there was some article that, that they posted about Nick Saban and how he recruits. And so, part of that is he brings the kids over to his house, and basically he just stunts. I guess there's his son works for Mercedes-Benz or some luxury car company, um, and they basically they take, they take the kids into the garage, and they – he has this car, I guess, that his son helped design, and so he got, like, one of the first ones in creation. And so, like, the kid was like, when you hear the engine rev, he, the kid was like, it's like unlike nothing I've ever heard before, the way this engine sounds. Um, they take him to this game room where there's, like, this huge TV and all this cool stuff around. He's like, and the kid was like, all you need is an Xbox in there, and it would have been perfect, right? I mean, it's just all this stuff where he's just stunting and showing off his wealth that he's making on the backs of these kids. And these kids are just like, oh, my God, like this is so amazing. So speaking, of, like I said, speaking of Nick, I just I heard that story this week and found that to be very interesting about how Nick Saban does his recruiting thing and how he yeah. gets these kids to sign on the dotted line. Well, like I read the story that there's a four or, f four or five star recruit from uh, that's from Tennessee and actually from um, played in the same conference that I went to high school in um, who committed to Clemson. He originally committed to Tennessee, decommitted and committed to Clemson, and I was reading an article. And, you know, I don't – I assume that coaches treat different players differently. I, right, I assume right. that when you're going to watch somebody play or when you bring them in, that not everybody gets the same routine. Oh, you got that, you got this, that, that. And so the recruit's dad told the story and said, um, when Butch Jones came to watch our son play, um, he was escorted, you know, to the stadium and, uh, he had his police officers or whatever that walked him up to the stadium. They had a little area roped off for him, like on, at the stadium. And he sat in his area, had his, you know, notepad out or whatever it was and watched his son play, came up to him afterwards, talked to him, talked to him and that and everything like that, you know? And he said the next week Dabo Sweeney flew in and they asked him, you know, do you want an area? He said, no, where do you normally sit? And he's like, are you sure, Dabo? He said, yeah. And he said, Dabo came solo, came in there, sat with the family, went to the concession stand, you know, and said he was sold immediately, you know? And it's just like, hmm. Like, you know, you read those stories, and then it automatically portrays somebody as, like, such a, you know, a stuck-up kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there are a dime a dozen, but but like you said, impressing recruits, how, how recruits are impressed are, I'm sure, two totally different ways. One recruit will walk in there and be like, ah, oh, you're just stunting. You know, another recruit will be like, you know, this is what I prefer. But, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a good National Signing Day, though. So it was a good week. Um, I followed most of it. 
uh, top 15 is, yeah, you know, I tend to get more excited about top 10, top 5 stuff, but, you know, we'll take it. I'm sorry. So I'm list- I am listening to you, but I'm looking at this story about Nick Saban and his house. There's security. Security when you roll up. <laughs> um, they have golf carts that show you around, the, I guess, that show you around the property. I mean, this is... This is crazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So this is on ESPN.com. It's the title of the of the article is an illustrated guide to the recruiting visit at Nick Saban's house. Go check it out. And Nick, I mean, not only does he stunt with his wealth, but he's also not afraid to get out on the dance floor. One of the great memes of yeah. all time is Nick Saban doing the wobble. Uh, if you're not wobble, baby, wobble, baby. Yes. Yeah, that song. Just back it up. Yeah, that song. Nick Saban is on the dance floor doing the wobble. So not only will he stunt, show you his championship rings, show you his fancy Mercedes, but if you put the wobble on, I'm pretty sure he does a mean Cupid shuffle too. Hilarious. A mean Cupid (laughs) shuffle. So shout out to Nick Saban, man. Shout out to Nick Saban. So we'll jump to what you're looking forward to. What are you looking forward to this week? What am I looking forward to this week? Um, The Super Bowl, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean that was I mean I, I set that up pretty easy. No, uh, Tennessee college basketball teams on a four game win streak. We got um, a couple games, big games coming up. That'd be interesting for me personally. Obviously, that's a bias, but I'm also looking forward to um, just kind of the the tail end of conference play is coming for college basketball. Also, um, NASCAR. Uh, I'm not sure if that's Daytona 500 is the end of this month. Is the end of this month? Okay. Yep. Yep. So I'll I've been I've been sticking to the articles of Dale Earnhardt and all of his um, you take it for granted and you know the the inspirational articles that have been coming out about how he's he's back and he's ready to go and not taking anything for granted. So I'm looking forward to that and um, um the trade deadline. I think that this week there might be NBA trades made. Like I don't, I, we got like tw- eighteen days, twenty days, something like that. Yes, yeah, I think it's about a week after the All Star break. Okay, so so I've been following that this past week. Um, you know, gonna, that's actually a good uh, a good a good time to segue. Yeah, good time to segue. So this is a freestyle episode, so there is no itinerary. So A Ward did not know <laughs> what was happening next. So, but now that he mentioned the NBA, we want to talk a little bit about the NBA. Um, one of the major stories can in the news the question? last couple of weeks. Yeah, can What's I ask up? a question? What's up? We've been doing this show for like two years, right? Mm-hmm. Right. No one ever asked me what I'm looking forward to. Uh, no one ever asked me what was what's on my mind. It's because we don't care. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I, just, yeah. I always Continue. feel like Continue. I always feel like I'm the jerk. So sometimes I want to say he rubbed it off. He rubbed it off. I want to say what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> See, this, that's how you know it's a good show. Yeah. That's how you know it's a good show. <laughs> but no, but uh, you know the Cleveland Cavaliers have been in the news uh, this not only this month but the previous month of January. I think they had a losing record in the month of January. I think they went seven and eight, seven and nine, which is one of the first times since I think in ten years that a LeBron James led team has had a sub five hundred record in a month during the NBA season. LeBron was vocal about his team's play, about their need for help. And last week on Inside the NBA, there was some dialogue about was LeBron in the right to bring out the fact that he needed help. And so this led to some back and forth between Shaq and Charles Barkley. His comments were inappropriate, but Chuck, don't ever say LeBron doesn't want to compete. Does he need all the good players on this team to win? Yes. 
uh, you know, is inappropriate because I think in a professional manner he could have went upstairs. You know, they have you know they have great history, they have some bad history, but you know the history was rekindled. He should have went upstairs. But you don't think there's something wrong with even wanting no. more? No, let me like from no, where you are not. now. You don't it's think not. that no. there's, there is something, something fundamentally wrong? There's something fundamentally like, wrong. Saying that they're he wants more. Already, he wants you played for a team that had big four. You forgot about that. You, you, Akeem, Scotty. First of all, it doesn't matter. That wasn't even close. It doesn't matter. No, it's not even close. Doesn't matter. We were all old men way it, past our prime. It doesn't matter. This guy matter. just won the championship. He got a young Kyrie Irving and a, and a terrific Kevin Love. And yeah, now, but it takes more than that to win the championship. They just won the championship. What do you mean it takes okay. more? Okay. They it just won more. the championship. First of all, you know nothing about going back to back. No, I do no. and Kenny do. You Listen. Teams are coming out of his head. They need more. They need a big shot Bob. They need a guy like Kenny Smith. They need a playmaker like LeBron said. It's only inappropriate because he went to the media. He should have went to Dan Gilbert and said, hey, I need help, boom, boom, boom. And they should have had a private conversation. But don't ever say LeBron don't want to compete. Hey, listen, he, he says he needs All right, so after hearing that clip, one of the first things that came to mind was a four-letter word that starts with D that I cannot say because this is a family show. And I know some of you might have your kids with you, and I can't have your kids going, Mommy, what does mean? So, but that four-letter word came to mind because it starts with a D. It starts with a D. Um, and it's a um a river. We, we normally say dang. Oh, we so normally like, say dang. If you were to tell the joke, what did the fish say when he ran into the wall? Damn. Yeah, because he ran into a dam. Cause it's a fish. But that's a, <laughs> a three-letter word. Yeah. yeah. That's a three-letter word. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, three-letter word. So, but yeah, but you know, uh, Shaq just completely eviscerated Chuck by saying, "You can sit out this discussion because you don't know what it's like to win back, go back to back." Um, and which at that point, if I'm Barkley, I'm like, "But you can see these hands, though. I'm I'm undefeated with these hands, though. <laughs> you know." So I would have. I, I mean, what else can you say at that point? Because he said, "You can't talk about this. I can talk about it. Kenny can talk about it. You can't talk about it." And I'm just like, "Get out of here." But he he, he he eviscerated that is man that's that's good stuff right there. He did. And you can just sit out this discussion. Like can we, can we get that as a drop so that we can play that whenever Trent starts talking? <laughs> like can we just get the you can sit out this discussion? I I'll, I'll get it for you. All I'll right, cut cool, it up. Cool, I'll cut cool. it up. You can sit out. Yeah. All right, cool. No, yeah, he did. He and Charles Barkley, I mean <laughs> Come on, bro. So let me ask you this. So, first of all, let me let me go back to something Shaq said. Shaq said that LeBron should have gone to Dan Gilbert privately. Now, here's the problem with that that bit of logic. First of all, he couldn't have gone to him privately because he hates Dan Gilbert. Yeah. Like, do not get it twisted. NBA when they had the uh, the championship celebration, he ref- he never looked at Dan Gilbert once. He refused to look at him. Number one. Um, number two. So we have like we're watching. Uh, we're being distracted right now. We're watching. Who wants, to be, who wants to be a millionaire? I didn't know the name of the show. Yeah. And so this, the question is, all but which of these events occurred during the iconic summer of 1969? She had a 50-50. It was either Jennifer Lopez was born. What was the other option? Or Star Trek debut. She took Jennifer Lopez was born in 1969. Jesus, lady, no. But anyway, but back to. Why would Jennifer Lopez being born be an iconic event like like that's not i guess that's a great that's a great question it became iconic when she started dating drake mm. shout out to drake man yeah drake winning right now by the way 
Like Drake has amassed an impressive resume. Yes. Um, and I don't know if it's Hall of Fame worthy yet. But he's getting there. He's but yeah, he's, he's making a, he's making a push. You know, yeah, he's getting there. He's, he's getting, getting there. that consideration. You can say maybe JJ Wattish, I guess, if you wanna. I was thinking Matt Ryan ish. See, no, because that would see Matt Ryan has been like last year. Matt Ryan, there was talk of maybe he wasn't good enough to lead the team mm, to a title. Okay, so I don't think Drake, in terms of his dating life, has ever had one of those moments. Um, Serena, uh, Serena, J Lo. He his 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 resume is impressive. It's it's yeah. I mean, it, some he, of the, it may be it may be first ballot once it's all said and done. Derek Jeter has a pretty great resume. Derek Jeter's first ballot, uh, yeah. greatest of all time, resumes. Yeah. So there's no debating that. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh yeah. Oh John Mayer is the first. John Mayer's first. He's the first ballot, ballot. First ballot. And uh, you know who has a sneaky good resume? Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon does have Nick a risk. Nick Cannon sneaky has a good sneaky good resume. Yeah. I'm just saying, oh, yeah. Hey. Hey. That was some six degrees of separation, by the way. We just went from basketball to who wants to be a to millionaire. To who wants to be a millionaire. To who this has truly <laughs> is the freestyle <laughs> Friday. To episode. like who has a great resume, like in about a span of like a minute and a half. So shout out if you're still sticking with us through that. And, you know, if you want to tweet us who has yeah. good, some good resumes. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, who, love do, to hear. who do you think is first ballot in the uh, Relationship Hall of Fame? Is that yeah. bachelor, dating Hall of Fame? Bachelor Hall of Fame? Bachelor Relationship Hall yeah, of Fame. hit yeah. us up. Again, again, and go look up. If you kind of, like, turned your face up and I said Nick Cannon, go look up Nick Cannon. Now, the problem with Nick Cannon is he falls in love too fast. So Nick Cannon is like the type, like after one date, be like ready to propose. Yeah, which I've read about. He him. be wilding out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Bars. Oh. Bars. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so back carry to, on. Back to LeBron. Back to LeBron. So I guess the question I was going to ask. Well, no, uh, Shaq brought up that he should have went and hollered at do- at, LeBron- at Dan Gilbert. Yep. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. If you go and look at his rant. Where he goes at Barkley, calls him a hater, and says all this stuff about him. At the very end, he goes, I'm just a player here. The owner and David Griffin, the GM, they're the ones who make the move. Now, he doesn't even say dude's name. He's just another guy to him. So, no, Shaq, he's not going to go to Dan Gilbert and try to talk this out. He doesn't like Dan Gilbert. He doesn't care for Dan Gilbert, number one. Number two, Barkley, which if you listen to last week's episode, I said boycott Barkley 2K17. I'm glad to see LeBron is on boycott Barkley 2K17. <laughs> um, because, And I'll ask you guys this. Was LeBron right to go as personal as he did? Because he didn't say anything about the criticism. He just t- he said he, didn't, he has unpaid debts from Vegas. He showed up late to All-Star Weekend. He threw a man through a plate glass window, which Clyde Drexler was there and said, he totally deserved to be thrown through the window, by the way. So it seems like Barkley was justified in that. He's, he said he's not the one who said, I'm not a role model, all this stuff. So was he right to go as personal against Charles as he did? Um, No. I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I, I don't see what that has to do with his um, ability to question LeBron's competitiveness. I think if he was – questioning LeBron's integrity as a human being and decision-making skills, those might be things you can bring up. But as far as competitiveness, I don't know. I do, however, 
like what he said in regards to if you watch the finals, you'll see LeBron or, or Charles Barkley and Jordan, you know, at the free throw line joking together and this, that, and yet, you know, like I like those, those seem to be more um, poignant. Is that is that a word? Uh, poignant is a word. I don't think. I don't that's know if it goes there. The correct usage. Yeah. Well, well, poignant? I'll figure out what that means and use I would it in the correct way. I think apropos. Apropos. Yeah. Okay. Because apropos is like kind of like a saying appropriate. Like that okay. was a more appropriate. Appropriate. Yeah. Thing. Oh, an yeah. argument. But however, in that particular, like, I'm from what I understand, this wasn't something that LeBron just wrote out and said, "I'm going to give." You know, like there's there's cameras in his face and people are asking him questions. He called old boy over and was like, "Yo." I'm about to give you this real. <laughs> I mean, like for real, like like I'm about to give you that real. Like if I just we could the LeBron in the meme, like the OG Uncle LeBron with the uh, the cigarette uh, uh, hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, and <laughs> hey, let me tell you, let me tell you about this dude, hey, yo, Chuck. Hey yo, young buck. Hey yo, let me tell you about. This. Like for real, and I wish he would have said this on camera because the jersey drop would have been perfect after each one of these. Like I'm not the one who threw who threw a man through a plate glass window. Jersey. Jersey. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the one who has a who had an unpaid debt in Vegas. Jersey. Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like that would have been so dope to have that drop after each one of those. Because he was dropping the, I mean, either that or flex bombs. Right. Don DeMarco. Like yeah. you could have had all them things bang, popping bang, up. Bang. 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 Like for real. He could have did some bullpen stuff too after he said, I ain't threw nobody through a play glass window and everybody go, ooh, freeze it. <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah. Six foot eight, one of the greatest players of all yeah. all that could have. Has somebody in remix moment. it into a beat? Yeah. yeah. All of that. But no, I mean, I agree. He shouldn't have he shouldn't have gone there. But at the same time, here's here's a sneaky part about this. Cause he not only talked about Chuck, he went off about Phil Jackson. He said Phil Jackson did not talk to him. When he went into a uh, booth, he even said Posse didn't he? in the. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it if I he said he Posse did. or not. I think he did. But he was like, "Me and my people came through." Phil Jackson didn't say anything to us, you know. And so, here's the thing that I I think that LeBron was doing. LeBron has put up with a lot from not only commentators but also fans. Like as fans, we this guy, this guy has the goalposts moved on him more than any other player in history. And at least in NBA history, I can't maybe maybe not all the sports, but when they come back from three games to one, what do people say? Well, if you didn't have Kyrie, this is this was Kyrie's finals. This wasn't LeBron, even though he led. If the Draymond league. wouldn't have got, yeah. if Draymond wouldn't have got kicked out, right? Barkley saying, "Why is this guy saying he needs all the? He wants all the good players. Yes, he wants all the good players. Look at Golden State; they got all the good players. And to me, that's the contrast here. When LeBron went to Miami, he was they were villains." They were villains. And, yes, maybe the decision was not the smartest thing to do. Yes, the stunting the day after with them and the whole five, not five, not six, not seven. Although I will say this, after going to Miami, I totally understand that. Yeah. That, that pra- If you've been the to Miami. The context of the stunt. The con- I understand the context <laughs> of the stunt. Let me tell you all something. We went to Miami. We go down to well, Ocean. Well, me and you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not Trent. Trent yeah. didn't go. No, Trent didn't go. <laughs> I mean, the the, I'm just saying we we gotta pay him for the for the for the studio right, time. So exactly all, all that bread that for you know. Hey, you know who gets to talk? You know who gets to talk about what they learned this week? The people that pay for the studio <laughs> time. I mean, I, mean, I didn't want to say it. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? My mic is off for the rest of the show. <laughs> My mic is off for the rest of the show. 
But yo, but no, we went down to Miami. We out there, you know what I'm saying? We go down the ocean. We got down the ocean Ave, Ocean Drive, forget which one it is. We go down there and we getting out. Um, uh, we waiting for the rest of our homies to roll up. And we're waiting, and all of a sudden this cat gets out the car. Um uh, this young lady gets out the car. She gives the stuff to the valet to park it. She says, put this up. I thought it was like the little the sunglass shield for your car, or whatever. It was a sign that said for rent. Old boy sees the sign. He's like, yo, how much? Lambo, by the way, 1100 a day. 1100 a day. He goes, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to. Y'all probably not going to be open at 11 o'clock at night. She goes, oh, no. Just call that number. 24 hours. You give us the bread. We'll bring the car wherever you want. So my man was kind. He was like, bet, bet. He, I saw him put the number in his phone and walked off. My man was willing to put down eleven hundred today to go parking lot pimp, eleven hundred just to go parking lot pimp and stunt for that night and for that next day. So every and drive two miles an hour so everybody can see him in Miami. So again, I completely understand the stunt and the not five, not six, not seven because that's just Miami, yep. straight up. But now, man, but we move the goalposts on this guy, and it's it, no matter what he does, it's never enough. When he's had a career that is a top five at this point, mm-hmm. um, seven straight finals, four championships, multiple MVPs, two-time gold medalists. Yep, at 2008, 2012, like this dude has had a career that is unbelievable. And I mean, it's just we continue to hate on this guy, and so I think part of LeBron's message was not only to Charles and some of the people in the media, but I think it was for all those other people who have been, like, shocked. I'm just going to start calling out some names here. Shock, Mike Watson be hating. I'm calling all y'all out. Y'all be hating on the dude. Y'all be hating on dude and not giving him his due. Jesse, Jesse, you my homie, you another one who hates on dude and won't give him his due. And he, had, he sent that message out to y'all. He said it's a new sheriff in town. So I fully, I'm going to start tweeting at LeBron like, yo, if you want to hit somebody, Go get my homie Jesse. Go get shot. Go yep. get Watson. Go get him, bro. Go get him. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. You know what I'm saying? But nah. But so the other NBA topic I want to hit. You talked about trades, and yes, the trade deadline is coming. But another big name uh, that's looking to be that may or may not be traded, Carmelo Anthony. His name's been in the news for the last couple of weeks, and one I feel that it's been to embarrass him. Um, Carmelo has a no trade clause, and so. He's been going back and forth to Phil Jackson, and all of a sudden you start hearing about, well, the Lake or not Lakers, the Cavaliers turned down a trade for Kevin Love. The Clippers turned down a trade for Kevin Love. And if there's a no trade clause, which means he has to approve a deal before it's done, why is this even being leaked out? Mm-hmm. This is New York trying to embarrass a guy who's done nothing but be a stand-up guy for organization. I want to say, like, in, in retrospect, the way he has handled his responses to the media has been, I mean, wonderful it's been wonderful i've been from the george carl instance with him being bad mouth through him to now the trade to the i mean like carmelo has impressed me you know not that i had any kind of negative you know feel about carmelo but he's definitely like there's been times where i feel like man he should just wild out and just and he's deserved it now i for one have because he did not go to chicago a couple of summers ago have only wished the worst for him professionally because I'm a Bulls fan. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm if I'm going to be completely honest. But you're right. He he gets ridiculed. I mean, he's called a ball hog. He's, he's the ball. Phil Jackson said the ball stops when it gets to his hands. 
And part of the problem right now with this guy is where can you trade him? Like, where can you go where you are a contender and you need this guy on your team? Uh, right now, I think Cleveland, the rumor is, is that they're trying to keep Kevin Love there and get Carmelo. Now, that'll be something to see. But I'm not sure how he fits even on that team. Can he start? Like, is he going to – so if he goes to Cleveland, they don't give up Kevin Love. Is he going to start? Right. Where where does he start? Are they going to bench Tristan Thompson? And they can't because they need the rebounding. They need the rebounding. So if you keep Kevin Love, you don't get rid of Tristan, he can't start there. Is he going to be happy with starting there? I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't know. The Clippers, the Clippers I'm going to get to in one second. The Clippers, they don't I mean, they were talking about not trading anyone of substance there, but they're not going to beat the Warriors. So I don't know what happens with Carmelo in this instance, man, but I I do wish him the best now because I like I'm, I'm the whole Celtics idea. Like I, I, I like the Celtics idea. But who do you give up? And that's what I'm saying. Like, how much do you give up for Carmelo and what does he bring? Because right now, Isaiah Thomas is balling. That dude is unreal. He is balling his butt off. And so I don't know. Side note, somebody told me this week that Frank Mason could play in the NBA and cited look at Isaiah Thomas. It would require a seat. It would require a complete change in attitude because the thing about Isaiah Thomas is, I mean, he wasn't like this when he came out of Washington, but he's become this uh, alpha. attacker, yeah. this alpha scorer, especially in the fourth quarter. Now his defense, he's, I mean, he's statistically one of the worst def- defensive players in the league right now because, in part, because of his size. But no, nah, I don't. That's interesting. That's interesting. So one last thing I want to hit on before we move to the Super Bowl. Um, Doc, Doc, I, I have a piece of advice for you. When you play the Warriors, <laughs> um, don't worry about winning the game. When you go, when you get into the locker room before the game, y'all get all hyped up, get your marker board, and I want you to write two words. Fight them. You can't beat them. <laughs> Fight them. So you might as well be victorious with these hands. Because <laughs> that, that beat down. Wesley got. Snipes. <laughs> Tax free, tax free. You come get these hands, <laughs> tax free. Cause y'all not. I think I don't. I'm trying to see a trend. Look up and see if they, if they, uh, the Clippers they played last night. See if they won. I don't think they have. I think they lost to them again. Oh, they lost last night. Uh, I don't know who they played, but I know they the Warriors. They the played Warriors the Warriors last won. night. I knew that. So they've lost to them now nine times in a row. Just see what the final score was. I want to see what the final score was. But the previous time to this to last night they lost by one thirty three to one twenty. So they lost by 13 this time. So over the last two games, though, you lost by over 50 points, though. That's at least a, that's about a 25-point margin of, of defeat. Basically. You're not going to beat them. Carmelo ain't going to help that. I'm not sure you getting LeBron James will help that at this point. So since you're not going to beat them, you might as well fight them. You got DeAndre. DeAndre tall. He got linked on him. Chris Paul, a dirty dude. He going to hit you down low. He going to sneak punch you. <laughs> you got Maurice Spate. Maurice Spate's got hands. I'm telling you, y'all take care of Steph. Steph ain't going to fight. Steph, he, he's a good Christian boy. He light-skinned, too. He ain't going to fight. Nah, he ain't fighting. He going to back up. Clay, he going to try. He gonna step up for a minute, but you can Sean take Sean Livingston out. like he will steal on somebody. Sean Livingston, I think, is from the Chicago area. So, Sean Livingston might got some of that gangster in him. Yeah. Zaza Pachulia going to have some fight in him because he crazy. And uh, I'm trying to think. David West, I think, might be like a black belt. He might oh, have some David martial West, arts. I would not mess with David West. Yeah, he's nah. got. So that's gonna be your one. But Maurice Spates is on your squad. You let him and you let Maurice Spates. And no, David he don't West, play for them anymore. Did they cut Maurice Spates? Yeah, he plays for. 
Does he play for the Mavericks? Nah, he with the clip. No, you're thinking about Bogut. Maurice Spates is with the the, the with the Clippers. No, he's not, bro. Oh, the Clippers. Oh, yes, bro. I'm thinking the Warriors. My bad, because we're talking Warriors Clippers. Right. So I'm like, so, yeah, he switched sides. He switched yeah. sides because after they lost to him the first time, he was like, man, look, y'all need to get y'all stuff together and stop worrying about the refs so much. Notice he didn't say we. He said y'all. <laughs> he like, I'm a champion. I know what I'm talking about. Y'all need to get y'all stuff together. But again, Doc, that's all you got to do. Just Forgot don't. Paul Pierce played for them. Yeah, but. So it's kind of interesting about Paul because you got that clip of Paul being carried out on the stretcher, right, in the NBA Finals and coming back to play. Or he got carried out and then came back in a wheelchair. And, right. But then he's also got stabbed eight times. Yeah. So I really don't know how to take Paul. <laughs> he definitely tough, so he's going to take a punch. I just don't know if, if you know, yeah. if he's going to turn into Rousey if he get one in the face. Though. I, I don't know. That's but true. I, I, feel like, I feel like we know that his ankles aren't in the best shape. I so was getting crossed up. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so maybe By the way, D Rose shot. got crossed up. <laughs> this dude D Rose <laughs> like he was at the altar. <laughs> he had his forehead on the ground and anything. <laughs> Somebody said I've seen this pose before. There was a bunch of superheroes landing <laughs> on the ground with their knees. Oh, I'm man. so glad. I'm I'm so glad he's out of Chicago. For for the simple fact that I don't have to hear about Hear about you know the the knee jokes anymore and all of that. I, I'm was, glad. He's was that there. the same? Was there a meme of talking about like he looked like a, a DN rusher or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting ready to come out the line. Yeah. So By the way, we, since we've been talking about media back and forth, I mean Chicago this past week with the D Wade Rondo, um, Jimmy Butler, like they've been going through some things too, man. So talking about want to fight somebody. Um, <laughs> Rondo. 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 Shout out to Rondo. So I feel like. Shout out to Sauce. Sauce Rondo. They call me Sauce. Uh, shout out to him and Cartez Marcel. Unfinished resolutions out right now. Go we'll get grab that. that. Anyway, um, yeah, so I feel like they were both, both of them were right. Like I feel like Wade was right in calling them out. I feel like he should have done that behind closed doors first. Mm-hmm. And that's where I also, that's where I feel like Rondo was right in saying that, look, the, my vets, when you want to talk about Petty as well, you know him and Ray Allen don't get along. So you see in that in that Instagram photo, it's Paul Pierce, it's KG, it's Rondo. No Ray Allen. Who doesn't get along with Ray Allen? Rondo. Oh wow, I did not know that. Yep. So in that picture, Ray Allen is is uh conspicu- I think conspicuously is, is the right word. Absent. <laughs> like he's 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 absent from that. But but yeah, I, I feel like they were both right. Uh Jimmy, eh, I don't think Jimmy was I think Jimmy's a little bit out of line talking about so- shot selection, especially when he gets the line share shots. Right. But yeah, that 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 is a train wreck. And then that is a train wreck. Hold on, it gets better. There's there's a legend. but wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> there's a mole in the locker room. So Randy Brown, that Randy Brown who was the backup point guard for the Bulls during their second three peat okay. uh, run, is alleged to be a mole who is getting information on players and then going to management and telling on them, so that when they get ready, when it's time to sign them for a deal. They can bring up all this stuff about wow. what they aren't and to drive their value down. Yo, so, yeah, Chicago shady. Chicago is a train wreck right now. It's a train wreck. But, yo, at the, it, again, that's that's our basketball coverage for this week. With NFL coming to an end, we're going to be talking about basketball a lot more. So we'll have some more as they go to the All-Star game, and then, you know, we'll talk about that and going beyond until, the, like you said, the trade deadline and the rest of the season. So last thing we want to get into is 
obviously the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is coming up, um, and it's going to be interesting uh, to just watch this game. Got the Falcons and the Patriots. Um, the best def- statistic- statistically, I struggle saying that word. The best defense versus the statistically the best offense. Um, However, the Patriots are statistically the second best offense. And the Falcons are not, not statistically, statistically the best, the second best defense. defense. <laughs> Although they played better down the stretch, which got them to this point. This is true. So here's something I noticed that is going to be very interesting to watch going forward. I watched the NFC title game, and one of the things that I noticed was Matt Ryan – his passes are Peyton Manning-esque. Mm. And by Peyton Manning-esque, I mean old Peyton. So you mean top three ever-esque. No, I mean wounded duck Peyton. This guy. When his passes were – no, no. And I don't – and I'm not I'm not saying this disparagingly of Peyton. It was just – it was a fact. At the end of his career, his passes when he had to throw – Oh, I thought you meant old Peyton, like beginning of his career. No, 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 no. I mean old Peyton. You mean like, old in age, not like, like old in back age, in the days, like Peyton. washed Peyton, gotcha. who won a Super Bowl, okay. washed Peyton. Gotcha. See, I gave him a compliment there. When he would throw his passes, <laughs> they not – so Matt Ryan's passes are a tighter spiral than Peyton's, but they take forever. They seem to hang in the air for a long, long time. And so I wonder, will the Pagers be able to take advantage of that? You look at Aaron Rodgers when he throws a ball, like it <laughs> zips. Like it is like a laser. Watch oh, – if you can Speaking go watch – zip. I don't want to get off topic. Go ahead. When you go back and watch the NFC title game, just look at the highlights and watch Matthew's passes. I call him Matthew. Watch Matt's passes as he throws them from like hashed from sideline to sideline and just watch how they seem to hang there. They seem to take forever. Mm. All right. Versus Aaron's. So there's that. That's something that bears watching. Me, to me, this whole game is going to come down to can the Falcons defense get pressure on Brady? And I know this is kind of cliche, but I mean it. If you go back and look at Brady in the AFC title game last year, he saw ghosts because he got hit so much. The Giants, when they beat him, he saw ghosts because they hit him so much. The Falcons only have Vic Beasley. That's it. They well, got they, Dwight Freeney. Yeah, but and also Justin Babineau, and he's a little aged too. But, but I mean, Dwight Freeney is – I mean, Dwight Freeney. Vic Beasley is their rush. Mm-hmm. Is their rush. And so, you know, to me, that's where the game hinges on. One, can Matt Ryan's passes get there fast enough before they, the routes get jumped? Because it could be all bad if Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan start jumping them routes. Yeah. Um, but, and I mean, I'll, I'll, so let me, I'll give you your take. Who do you think wins this game? The Patriots. Uh, I hate saying that. Um, 31 to 20. I say they really? win about double digits. Yeah. I don't see the Patriots winning a close game. Interesting. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Patriots 31 to 20. That's who I see winning the game. Definitely not who I want to win the game. Um, but like you said, and that's totally for the reason that you said. Like the teams that have beat the Patriots in games that matter have beat them with defense. I don't. I can't remember. You know, the last time somebody just went toe to toe with them. You know, offensive juggernaut match. And you know, because what's gonna happen is Hogan. And is Amendola even play? I don't, 
I don't know if he does. But I don't know if I'm, Hogan I'm, and yeah. Welker. And these guys are just going to – if they can't get a pass rush, I mean, they're going to sit there 7, 12, 14 yards at a time and move the ball down the field. LeGarrette Blunt's going to get it in the red zone, and this is going to be a long night. So another underrated part of that is – I know a lot of people talk about the Falcons running backs, but I want to say Deion – if any every game that Deion Lewis has played in for the Patriots, they're undefeated. Hmm. Have not lost a game. Deion Lewis and James White, and Deion Lewis is kind of nice. Like, he's yeah. – Sneaky if he can stay nice. healthy, jeez. He's sneaky nice. I also hope Michael Floyd, shout out to Michael Floyd. I hope he gets a ring after what, what happened with him with the DUI, DWI, probably both um, in Arizona this year. But I think their running backs and getting out in space, that's going to be a, a huge key to watch as well as yeah. if, if they can get off. Um, and it, gosh, Patriots minus three for entertainment purposes only. Shout out to Brent Musburger who retired. Yeah, I saw that interview the other day with Scott Van Pelt. Did you hear that? I did not. Yeah, it was good. It was good, but I didn't realize he was retiring to go basically be part of Vegas, right? We got to go when that opens. Oh my god. We got to go to that. Brent Musburger is retiring to run to start his own kind of sports book if you will in Vegas. If you are a sports fan and you watch Brent Musburger over the years, he gives you these kind of like hints of there are going to be some people who are very interested in the outcome of this game and not because of the wins or losses, yeah, right? Yeah, he talked about it. He talked about it with Scott Van Pelt, and he kind of uh, he said, now, of course, not on any of the games I called, you know, did I, you know, use this information for my benefit, you know? But, uh, but yeah, it was cool to see. And, uh, yeah, we have got to go out there for that. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. But, I don't know, Patriots minus three. Also, the Patriots are like 15-3 and three against the spread or something like that this year. So if you if you are going to put some money on the game, keep that in mind. The Patriots cover a lot, but you know I I don't I don't know, man. I I want to take the Falcons. Um, Michael Vick pinned a letter to Atlanta this year. I haven't read the article, but that's where I was going with the zip. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to segue into <laughs> Michael Vick retirement, but that dude Yikes. could freaking throw the ball on a rope. Yeah, he could. Man, yeah. I wish he could. His career would have turned out better than than it did. Mm-hmm. But um, he wrote a letter to Atlanta, and he talked about a lot of things. He felt like the city was his. Uh, he said he knew he had lost the city when they drafted Matt Ryan. He says he's cool with Matt Ryan. He roots for Atlanta, hopes they win. And so part of me is like, dang, I want them to win for Vic, uh, for the city of Atlanta, because, I mean, look, the Patriots win all the time. Yeah. Um, real quick, why do we have this? Why, why are you looked down upon for losing a championship game? I don't I don't understand that. So LeBron has talked about bad because he's four and three in finals or something like that. Um I, I've seen a lot of people talk about if Brady wins his fifth, he's the greatest player of all time. But if he loses, then no one really has a good answer to that question. So just a rhetorical. You don't have to answer that. But I mean just for you guys, give <laughs> excuse me. Hit us up. Like, why is it if you lose a championship game? Why is it that you're looked down upon? We're getting to the the only two teams left. Only one team can win. If you win, you're a hero. If you lose, you never hear the end of it. Um, and our arguments about Marino. And I know you say it's rhetorical. To me, if you have a first-round buy in the playoffs, it's not that difficult to get to the Super Bowl. But you still got to win two games to get there. Right. Like, if you make it to the national championship in college basketball, 
I feel like you should get a trophy too. Like I feel like that's how hard it is to get through March Madness with all the matchup disasters and playing different teams who run different. Man. Like, but, but yeah, you know, um, I think that we almost rate players better that didn't make it to championship games than we do players who made it to championship games and didn't win. But even even in the Olympics, like the, where you do get medals. We don't really remember those people who got silver and bronze medals as much as we do people who got gold. It's just like the culture that we live in. Like we just live, in, you know, USA number one. Like and so anything other than that, like it's almost ingrained in us that if you're not number one, you may have done well, but you don't remember those people. Another thing is that you only rate people on a clutchness grade that are in positions to be clutch. You know, and so I feel like you're not saying, well, hey, is this guy clutched who's never made it to a championship game? But then you get to the championship game and you're like, all right, now I'm I'm grading you on something that you haven't been graded on before. And so here's the thing with Matt Ryan. Like I just I said earlier that Matt Ryan and this is the difference a year makes Matt Ryan, uh, Kyle Shanahan. There was talk last year again that Kyle Shanahan did or Kyle Shanahan was not a good offensive coordinator that Matt Ryan, that maybe he couldn't lead your team to a title, that he just wasn't good enough. And so now this is flipped up from a year later. Kyle Shanahan just came up on a six-year deal to coach the Niners, which we didn't even talk about that. Good Lord. And he also said today, did you see the article where he said he wanted Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo when he was with the Browns and they drafted Manziel? I mean, look, yeah. I mean, there's talk about Garoppolo's being mentioned with the Browns, the Bears, the Niners. There's been talk that Kirk Cousins, please God, no, is going to end up in San Francisco because he was in Washington with Kyle Shanahan. But, again, this dude was uh, last year was not seen as a good coordinator. Matt Ryan not seen as a good quarterback. Now there's talk about Matt Ryan joining the elite club if he wins the Super Bowl. And it's just like, wait, wait, so did the previous – did last year not count? Like, he, you can't go from – not making the playoffs, throwing a bunch of pick sixes to all of a sudden being in this elite club just off of one year. And it one more sidebar, Drew Brees. What has Drew Brees done since they won the Super Bowl? Nothing. Passed for 5,000 yards. Okay, year. yeah, he has. But in terms of playoff success, it hasn't been there. And yet we continue to call him elite based off of stats. And based off of one Super Bowl. Yeah, he's just a likable guy. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, like the rules for this just seem to vary from person to person, and it depends on if we like you, which, again, people don't like LeBron, so don't like to give him his due. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I, I've, I'm going to go with the Patriots because I said earlier this year on the show that I thought Bill Belichick was a genius, One of, and I thought he was the greatest coach of all time in football. I think Brady is, I guess I would say, the greatest quarterback of all time. I have no problem saying that right now. I'm still going to say Jerry Rice was the greatest football player of all time. That's my personal opinion. But I'm going to go with Montana, Montana, with Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time, win or lose. Like, this doesn't change for me if he loses this game because to get there, you still have to win the games. You still have to win, Like, and it's not a given. I mean, part of Marino was he went in 84 People thought that he was going to be there multiple times. It never happened again. So I don't know. Y'all can tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me what you think. My heart wants the Falcons to win. Yeah, of course. But I just think the Patriots are going to do it. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think they're going to win a close game. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Trent, what do you think? 
Uh, yeah, I'm a, I, I agree with both of you. I think that uh, the Patriots will win that game, although, you know, no one it, – it, for me, it's like I don't want to see the Patriots win again, but I also want to see greatness. So, Tom Brady, go be great. If you – because I think he could win this game like 35 to 17. Like, I think it could be that type of game. And if you do that with throwing like four touchdown passes, you go out, retire, be great, you know, go – Enjoy your life is, you know, uh, whatever the UG spoke, spokesman or whatever, and give other somebody else uh, opportunity to win a championship. I mean, it's crazy. In the last, I think I seen something the last fifteen years, like they won a division like fourteen or twelve of those times, like yeah, ridiculous. I think the only one they lost was the year he got hurt. Yeah, that was the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. They've been to the playoffs all the years so. though. Like yep. it's, it's crazy. So yep. and that's why. So go be great. Like you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so hit us up. Let us know what you think. Hit us up at Twitter, uh, at Brands and Bars, or on Facebook at Search It's a White, Black and White Thing. And let us know what you think. Um, last thing, and we're going to get out of here. I talked about earlier about uh, social issues and things like that. And so I think it would be um, – I would, I would not be doing my duty if we didn't talk about the events of what happened last weekend with the travel ban um, that was imposed by the new administration. But it's not the band that I necessarily want to talk about here. Um, although, so we talked about in the show, I think last week, about con- congratulating President Obama on eight years, wishing President Trump good luck on being successful because being successful would mean that the country is successful, for me at least. Um, and so this band came, and I'm not here to really talk about the merits of if how I felt if the band was right or wrong. I think for me, the big takeaways for me that, are concerning for me for the administration thus far as how it was implemented. Um, it was chaotic. It was, I don't want to say out of the blue per se, but you know, in terms of how it was going to be implemented, the administration did not consult with heads of state who would be in a good position to give feedback on how this thing should be released. So that concerns me. Um, but I want to talk to Christians for just a moment. So I want to kind of take a quick step back for a minute. So a couple of years ago, a lot of my friends and a lot of people across the country, African-American or black people, black Christians, began to go on this search for identity. And they wanted to find out more about their heritage. And this search for identity and the search for knowledge of their heritage and their history led them to be more Afrocentric, I guess is the word I'll say. It led them to be maybe a little bit more on the activist side of Uh, protesting or speaking out about social issues as they affected black people. And so in America, so and a lot of the pushback from mostly white Christians were your identity is in Christ. I think Galatians 6, I don't want to say 14, but I think it's Galatians 6. It talks about there is neither Jew nor Greek, but all are in Christ, right? Like that scripture was thrown out a lot. And so you fast forward to this election political season um, I found a lot of those same people who were saying your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. It's not about skin color. It's about, it's about, you know, it's about Christ. A lot of those same people were dividing along party lines and they are mostly conservative Republican. And to give you my own background here, I am, I consider myself moderate. A lot of the, if you wanted to label me something, I probably would be Republican, but it's stuff about the Republican party. I don't jive with, so I'm moderate, right? It's stuff about the Democratic Party I like and and vice versa. But I but I'm neither. I'm in the middle. Maybe it is both, to quote a show Baraka. 
Um, but they started to find their identity in their political stances and in their Republican nature or ideology or their liberal ideology, and they divided along those lines. And so my question during this time of a new administration, um, a new leadership, is what kind of Christian do you want to be? Um, you know, again, I've gotten into it with people about, again, social issues, believers, and we have agreed harshly with each other. Um, there's a guy on um, my homie Marcus. There's this guy on his page who I have gone back and forth with. And he posted on Marcus's page and I just said, hi. And he made a snarky comment and I started to fire back. But then I pulled back because during this time of where there's a lot of disunity or, or a lot of divisiveness between races, genders, to me, the church has to be the voice and the face of unity. Um, so for all those people who were telling these black Christians that you need to find your identity in Christ, I'm coming and admonishing you and encouraging you to not find your identity in a policy or in a um, being a Republican or being a Democrat. It's time for us to unite. It doesn't mean we're going to agree. I'm not saying that we have to agree on 100% on policy, on on who should be in office or who should be here, there, whatever. What I'm saying is, is that for the sake of our country, we need to unite and show a united front and show that this thing can't, we can't have these discussions civilly without being nasty or being mean or saying leftist or saying, you know, liberal or uh, right wing, whatever. I'm asking that as Christians, again, that we unite because it is needed in this time. I'm not saying it'll solve everything. I'm not saying it'll fix everything. But I'm asking us to, again, if we're not supposed to find our identity in our skin color, I don't think we should be finding our identity in our political ties. So hit me up. Let me know what you think. You can tell me if I'm telling me I'm crazy. I don't care. But yeah, hit me up, man. Let's talk about it. Um, shout out. What on? Hold on. What's up? Oh, you got something to say? Good. Go ahead. Um, no, I was going to say well said, and uh, I thought we would, it just seemed like he was about to wrap up, uh, but I thought that uh, you should maybe at least say something uh, about Yordano. I appreciate you doing that. Um, so, yeah, so Yordano um, Ventura tragically passed away in the Dominican Republic a couple of weeks ago. Um, at the age of 25, there was a car wreck, um, although I don't know if they've ever, I know there was, Pedro Martinez talked about maybe it was a setup. Or something like that. So I don't know if that was ever substantiated. There, there seemed like there were some um, extracurricular activities that may have been happening. You know, there may have been some foul play involved either before or after. But there's I've seen stories uh, that have supported and stories that said no, that was that's untrue. Right. So, but either way, you know, he lost his life. He was a starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. Um, and yeah, man, like. In light of what I just said, man, life is so fleeting. Like, we all, we're going to leave here tonight. We're going to dap each other up. We're going to go our separate ways. And each of us expect to wake up tomorrow. Like, none of us expects, like, this could be it. And we just don't know. Um, and it, that, it breaks my heart to see this kid, you know, full of promise. And I almost wrote about it, but I just didn't have the time to, um, to just talk about swag, right? So a lot of people brought up his Game 6 performance against the San Francisco Giants. And there's always that that one play that sticks out where he has the comebacker. He throws the pitch. He kind of puts that high leg kick finish on it. 
it's a comebacker. He catches it and he gives the kick again, kind of like an Elvis like kick. And then he kind of like stares at dude like, what? I'm the man, right? And he thought he throws the ball to first base. I think that might have ended the inning. Um, and he was electric that night. And so there was a lot of promise for him uh, going forward. And it it never was fulfilled, although I think the potential for it was still there. And to me, just to see the loss of that that swag, which for me, I have a large issue with baseball because I feel like they don't allow that type of swag to happen. Um, you look at Joy Batista and the bat flip. Um, you, I mean, you look at, you know, it's it's improper to do this or that. All these unwritten rules in baseball, and um, you know, to me, that's needed in this sport. If you go watch baseball in other countries, go watch a Korean baseball game and watch how they do bat flips. Like they hit a home run and they like they hit it. Yummy, y'all can't see it here, but they hit it. And I mean, they just like throw their hands up, like hey, like it's a part. Like they do all these antics, and it's you know, it's one thing. Sports is supposed to be about in being inclusive, right? It's about welcoming people from different languages, different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. But I feel like in baseball, so much of that is yes, we'll allow you in, but you must be about our culture. And you got to think for a guy like Jordano, where the, from the Dominican, again, the culture of baseball is a lot more different. It's a lot more lively, a lot more fun. But you come into this this sport in in this country where it's like you have to be buttoned up. You have to play it a certain way. You have to play it the right way. And for me, the loss of that type of emotion, that type of flair, which sometimes got him in trouble. I mean, he caught the beats from uh, from Machado. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he caught that one. He took the L on that one. He took the L from Machado on that one. But, you know, I mean, again, the loss of that that presence, that emotion, and not even to talk about what happens, you know, from a rotation standpoint because he was going to be the number two. At right. Least. You know what? And, and, it, and when that happened – it makes you think, because I was, like, it kind of hurt just because he was so young. It's just like, man, it's it's always rough to see someone that young with that so much potential for something tragic to happen. And then uh, you start to think, how quickly do we turn away from the r- realization that life happened and this man lost his life to back to sports to, you know, what does that mean for the Royals? What does it mean for the rotation? Stuff like that. And you, you kind of start to feel a certain type of way. It's like, dag, like, sh- should I even be thinking about that right now or whatever? I don't know. It's just it's just weird when you find the situations like that. Yeah, and, I mean, the 24-hour nature of, of our lives, I mean, the fact that we get these news on a constant feed like that, like, it does desensitize us to the facts of that type of thing. If someone lost their life, and I can't front like, like you, after we were, this was a Sunday, so I was in church when I think maybe A-War was the first one to post in the group about it. Either you were shot. And, like, at first, the first 30 minutes was kind of like, yo, like, this is crazy. And then kind of my mind was like, well, dang, what the Royals going to do about their, their number two? Because, I mean, he was, again, that potential was there. And so, yeah, like, it's, it's tough, man. And had that been, like, had he been my brother, like, that would have been the furthest thing from my mind. But, you know, I mean, it, it, it happens like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel, I mean, a deep sense of loss for his family, uh, for the for the Royals organization. Um, but, man, yeah, man, I really hope that baseball at some point allows players from other countries to bring in their flair, their, bring in a part of their culture into the sport and embrace that and celebrate that and not be so caught up on, you know, you can't flip your bat or you can't stare at a hitter or you can't, Look, man, hitting a baseball is the hardest things to do in the world. 
And look, if, and if you throw a ball at me 90 some plus miles an hour and I happen to get the bat speed around to crank it 400 feet, let me admire my work, dog, on it. Let me let me be great. Let me look at that mug as it goes for just a second. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, this sport is about failure. You fail. You fail seven out of ten times and that gets you a two hundred million dollar contract. Seven out of ten times you fail. The three times you get it right, they get you two hundred million. So, I mean, you know, I hope that changes, man. I hope that I hope I hope at some point we allow that to happen. So uh, anything else you guys want to say? All right, A-Ward, one more time. Give them the website. Yo, check it out, antrecords.net. Also, you can go online, soundcloud.com, backslash Brains and Bars. Um, hit us up on Twitter, Brains and Bars. Facebook, uh, search Brains and Bars, or it's a black and white thing. Um, and link up with us. Leave a comment. Send a tweet. Um, hashtag, uh, shoot your shot. Uh, hashtag. Dang, we didn't have a hashtag today. Um, yeah, whatever you got. Um, you can hashtag, hashtag YTG, I guess. Let's hashtag, hashtag YTG, YTG. Um, and uh, and send us any send us anything you got. Send us your uh, your your resumes, your top resumes, and uh, hashtag and resume. Yo, speaking of that, so one thing I want to incorporate into the show, um, I would like to have like some music transition, so, like as we go from topic to topic. Okay. So if you got a new record or something that's coming out, oh yeah. Try to keep it clean because again we are we're trying to be a family yeah. show. So if you're gonna be cussing in it, give us something that's you know that's clean a little bit so the kids can listen to it. Mm -hmm. But man, send us like thirty seconds, man. We'll plug your joint. You know, one thing. I'll, so being a Christian and being in Christian hip hop, one of my biggest pet peeves was no one broke mu new music. It was hard to find new music. You just had to kind of bump into it. Right. So again, whether I'm, we're not restricting it to just Christian yeah, music, yeah, of course not. But you know, if you if you're an artist, now we, it's got to be good. Now you just can't send us something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be real. Yeah, right. Like if we don't like it, we ain't gonna play it. Yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna be honest. Cause but I got it, I got a track, you know, that I'm gonna. We good. We good. Okay. Yeah. We good. All right. But uh, but now nah, you know if you got a if you got a, a joint and it's hot, you know what I'm saying, send it to us, man. We love. Look, we're nobody right now, but maybe we'll be somebody in the future. So you yeah. know, come on. And it'd now. be nice to say you knew us back when. So. Send us some new stuff. We'll try to transition between topics. We'll play 30 seconds. We'll plug you and your SoundCloud or your Bandcamp or whatever you got. Do we'll it right it. now while we're doing it for free. <laughs> while we're uh, doing it for free. <laughs> Price of the brick. Yep. Be going up. <laughs> but uh, real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, just want to uh, encourage y'all to check out uh, uh, clearairmedia.com. Check that out. The newest episode of the Music Microwave Podcast is up there. Um, uh, I'm back with that. And also I have uh, friends of the show. Uh, under the media uh, page, you will find uh, this. The, it's a black and white thing. Uh, their uh, latest podcast on there as well. Nice. So um, I I try to uh, you know uh, you know support where I can. So if you uh, also are, are my friend, uh, be on the lookout because your uh, some of your material may be up there as well. That is clearearmedia.com. Check it out. You said my friend, like you don't really have a lot of friends. Yeah, like you really did. Like my friend. Uh, first of all, I'm that guy. I had uh, a, hold on. I'm gonna cut you off. I had a dude growing up who used to be like, "Are you my friend?" Like he used to ask that all the time. Like, "Are you my friend?" You had some interesting friends growing up. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave. It I there. know. I know an adult who uh who used to ask people, Word. "Or uh, you I my know friend?" Who it is too. Right. I think we're looking <laughs> at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, his shout first out. name became a verb. <laughs> You got to tell me who off the air who that is because I feel like y'all two know and I don't. But, yo, oh, I think I know who y'all talking about. 
yo, but yo, we appreciate y'all listening, man. We thank y'all for tuning in with us. Until next time, man, it's a black and white thing. We'll holler at y'all next Deuces. week. Deuces.